amen. Come on. Let's try that again. How many of you ready for the word of the Lord? Okay, that's better. Okay, that, that feeds me. Amen. Let's stand to your feet. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Haven't been in that book in a while. And Hebrews is actually one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. I love the book of Hebrews. Amazing book. And I'm going to start reading in verse number 19. When you arrive there, say amen. Hebrews chapter 10. I don't know if I gave you the chapter, but we're going to be in Hebrews chapter number 10. And we're going to start reading in verse number 19. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it for you, I believe, uh, on the screen. So you can watch it there as well. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord, to hear what the Spirit wants to say to your church. Father, we stand in all of your word. The word, God, gives life, it gives hope, it breathes in us. God, because of your word, we are better. Because of the word of the Lord, we have hope. Because of the Bible, God, we have a sense of direction in life. We're so delighted, Lord, to be able to to hear the word. And God, I'm so grateful and I'm so humbled that you would use this broken vessel to articulate the wonderful works of our God. Father, it pleased you to call me in the ministry and use me in this way. Help me, Lord, to be faithful to the text as I preach. Help me. Father, to proclaim the word of the Lord with boldness and with clarity so that the hearer will be encouraged and their lives will be forever changed by what they hear today. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. A few weeks ago, we kicked off a series entitled Homeland. In this particular series, we have been talking about the principles and the things that we need to do and be in order to be a great church. So we've been dealing with the home front, mainly here at Foundation Church. In week one, uh, we talked about relationships and we talked about the importance of working through relationships and how to build great relationships within the context of the church. 
In week two, we talked about the importance of walking by faith. We understand that if we're going to do anything uh, for God and if we're going to make any uh, progress in the kingdom of God, we have to have faith. And then last week, we talked about how that an excellent church provides excellent service. So that was really important as we understand that we are always to give God our best and we give God excellent service because simply put, we serve an excellent God. And so today, I want to conclude our Homeland series with a question. And the question is, why attend church? Why should I attend church? Now, for some of you who are sitting here, you're probably thinking, Pastor, why are you going to ask that question to me? I mean, I'm, I'm here quite regularly, and that's a good thing. You're in the will of God. But you know, there's a push today, and with the progress of technology now where people can, can stream services and, you know, people can podcast now, right? They can podcast, they can stream services, and you can YouTube services like we have all of our services, uh, at least our sermons that are posted on YouTube. And if you're not careful, you can develop an attitude uh, which says, well, you know, I don't need to come to church. I can just watch the message at home. Or I can just, or what, like one lady said to me one time, I was talking to her, and I said, I said what church you go to? And, and she says, I, I don't go to church, but, 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 but Joel Osteen is my pastor. I said, well, and, well, we're here in Virginia, and uh, how is Joel Osteen your pastor? Well, because I listen every Sunday, and whatever time he comes on, I listen to Joel Osteen. That's my church, and that's my pastor. And unfortunately, that is the attitude that a lot of people are starting to have, particularly in this new generation. And what we got to understand is that God's word never changed. Cultures change, people change, but the one thing that remains constant is God. Indulge me for a moment. In Thanksgiving, I had an opportunity to do something that was very, very amazing for me and my family. Uh, most of you all know I'm going with this, but uh, I have a brother who's in Dallas, Texas, and, uh, and everybody knows, I think most people on earth that knows me knows I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm very passionate about that. So I, don't, I don't apologize for that. It's just the way that most of the earth is. But anyway, having said that, so, so I have an awesome opportunity to go to see Dallas Cowboys football game at the Dallas Cowboys football stadium. And so we spent the whole week there. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, and in fact, I remember just kind of walking up to the stadium and I was seeing everybody like me and everybody. And it's amazing because I found myself and, and, and a lot of us are like this. We found ourselves talking to strangers as if we knew them for a very long time. Hey, how are you doing? This is going to be a great day, man. This is great. And I don't even know you, bro, but, but I feel you. We're one. And, 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 and I go inside the stadium, man, and the atmosphere is just electric. And I look at my wife and I say, baby, I'm at home with my people. This is it right here. And, 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 I, and, and, I, and while at the football game, I found myself having conversations with people about various plays during the, out, during the game. 
and, and we're having conversations and we're connecting on another level. There were people that I was dancing and, and shouting with and I, I high five. I don't know, 20, 30 people. I don't even know them. If you have, I don't know their names. And, and, and there's a couple of them. We even hugged each other. Don't know them. I just, it was just, and, and, and you know, it was, it was, I connected in a way that I never could have connected had I just stayed home and watched the Cowboys on TV. And Lord knows, I watch a lot of Cowboys on TV. But there was no way that I could replicate the experience that I had when I was there. And you know why it was so powerful? Because I was there. You see, church is much the same way. Think about this. So why do people spend hundreds of dollars in some cases to see concerts, football games, to go to events and stuff that they can simply stay at home and watch on TV? Why do you spend the moment money? It's because of the atmosphere, the connections, the relationship. If there's something that you would get if you're there that you would not get if you stay home and you try to capture it on TV. Has anybody in here ever went someplace? Come on, somebody. And you had an experience. And, and you wanted to come back and tell people how it was, and you're trying to communicate to them, and, but you, and, you, and you're looking at them, you're trying to say how it felt, man, this was great. You had to, you ever said, man, you, you, you should have been there. And you look at them, they're looking at you like, what? What? But it, because they don't understand, because, because in order for them to experience what you felt, they would have had to have been there. There's something that you gain. And I know there are people who say today, well, well, Pastor, and maybe you're watching, you say, well, you know, I, 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 I can just do, I don't need to go to church. I, I can just, you know, I can love God all by myself if church was perhaps designed in the way that you think it's designed. There may be some truth to that. But the problem is that's not the way God designed the church. You see, there's, there, there's something about when, when you're sitting in here and you're about 40, 50 feet away from me, you're hearing me preach to you live that you can't capture if you sat home and you just watched TV or you just stayed home and you didn't come. There are relationships, there are people. That, now, how many know the, the, the God said that, that, that we are the body of Christ? Say that with me. We are the body of Christ. Let's say it again. We are the body of Christ. In fact, I want to read this verse to you. It's such a powerful verse. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 16. It says it this way. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Paul talking to the Corinthians. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is therefore I'm not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? In other words, Paul is saying that God designed us to grow within a community together where we're interacting and relating to one another. And he uses the analogy of the body. So it's an impeccable move by Paul because Paul wanted to he wanted to portray the closeness that we should have and how we should feel about one another in a relational context. In other words, so if I smash my hand in the door, how do you know that my entire body will stop and pay attention to that? Am I right about it? 
You know, your body, your body is made, it's, it's interlinked together. How many know I would be somewhat of a freak of nature if all my body parts right now were scattered all over the place? You would say, what is that up there on the stage? Where's your foot? Where's your eye? Where's your hand? You, you follow what I'm saying? The, the point Paul was making is, 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 is that we have been designed to build relationships one with another and to, and, and to come and fellowship. How many know church, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but how many know that the church is not just about the sermon? If you're, if, let, me, let me explain something to you. If you think the church, and that's how some people act. That's why some people only come to church to hear the sermon. Because they don't understand the church is much more of, than just the sermon. Because th- there's a discipleship process in which you, that, that's the process of sanctification. Uh, th- there's, there's the process of discipleship. There's a process, obviously, where we worship God together. But then there's this component we call fellowship. That means that now we have relation. I can't have relationship with you if I'm, if I'm not there. <laughs> you know, for example, we use technology. And, and, and I love technology. How many love technology? Facebook, Snapchat, uh, the, what, what else? The, uh, Instagram and all the kicks. And uh, what, what, uh, so much. Technology is great. But you, do you not realize... That we don't set up this, we don't set up this camera and 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 portray and, and, and record our, our sermons every week so that people can stay home and watch. No, technology is really supposed to enhance our ability to connect with each other and relate to each other. It is not to replace you not being here. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So when people say, oh God, I, I don't want you're missing a point because there's more to church than just the sermon. And let me tell you, if you think that way, you will never, and I believe I, have the, I believe I have the back end of the Holy Spirit, you will never grow and be the person that you can be, should be, if your attitude is, I'm just going, I just want to hear a sermon. Because how many know that the way you grow most is through people, dealing with people? Let, um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me jump right into this. And so... So let me, let, me, let me do this for a moment. So I want to ask a question. So throughout this sermon, I'm going to ask a question. We're going to have some bullet points up here because I think everybody knows I'm very practical. So I really want you to catch what I'm saying, and, um, and, and I want you to apply and understand these principles because they're life-changing. If you're a person that want to grow and want to fully understand why church, what's the purpose? And, you know, there are a lot of people nowadays, they're asking the question, what's the purpose? They have, have now, they have church online. How do you know about churches online? They, they got those now, you know. And I'm not knocking those things. It's just not the same as connecting with each other. You, you ever notice that whenever you want to have a real conversation with somebody, you know, I mean, a serious conversation, do you like to have those conversations over text? Talk back to me. We really want to have a serious conversation with somebody. You don't want to just, let's just talk about this over the phone. Unless you absolutely have to. But when you really, really want to have a serious conversation with somebody, you say, uh, where can we meet? Why? Because there's something that I'll get if I don't meet with you. That I, I get that I meet with you. That, that if I don't meet with you, I'll miss it. And how many of you know that miscommunication happens a lot with technology? 
People are texting me, and sometimes I don't know, but is you mad or are you glad? Are you happy? I don't know. Are you sad? What, what's going on? I don't, I don't know what this is. I'm looking, you know, how do I take this? What do they mean by that? But it's some, how many know that most of your communication is, is nonverbal? The body language, when you look a person in the eye, how many know that's called relationship? It's called relationship. So why come to church? So we're going to ask, answer that this morning. I don't know if I'm going to get through all 12 of these because I want to be. I want to be faithful to the clock this morning. I'm going to try to do better. Amen. Y'all, y'all believe that? Now, this is not right. I got people over here laughing at me like they don't believe me. Terrible. All right, so why come to church? Number one, here's the first reason. So we're going to answer this question throughout. Because it's Jesus Christ's church, and he wants us to support it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it says, and I also say to you, that you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but it's worth mentioning here again. How many of you love God? Raise your hand. How many of you say Jesus is your Lord? Raise your hand. How many know that Jesus as your Lord want you to come to church? <laughs> Jesus said, how do you know man did not build this institution that we call church? Jesus said, I will build my church, the ecclesia, which means the called out ones. He says, I will build my church, and then the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So the church was built by Jesus. It's sustained by Jesus. And we're the recipients, and we're to follow the precepts of the kingdom of God within the context of the local church. First Peter takes it a step further Two verse five says, and you also as living stones. Now, watch this. This is very important. Are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Jesus Christ. So I want you to understand something. So the church, the Bible, Peter calls us living stones. Every individual in here. You are, you are a stone, and when we come together, it's like we, 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 we build a house together, a, a habitation where God can come and he can dwell amongst us. And so watch this. So church is not a building. I know some people, I'm not knocking buildings, I know some people who go to churches only based on how the facilities are. And I'm not, that's not an excuse to have sloppy facilities, but how many know that we are the church. The Bible says that we're living stones. The church is not the building. 75 Moncure Lane here in Stafford is not the church. So watch this. So when we, when we reference going to church, here's what we really mean. Church is not about coming to a building. It is about building relationships. So every time we gather, everybody say gather, Come on, do better than that. Everybody say gather. Every time we gather, that means we are having church. This is church. So, every, so at the women's fellowship, when they're going to be bowling next week, when, the, when, the, when those living stones come together, we are having church. When the men's, men, when, the men's when we meet, we come together, living stones as men, we are having church. We have an event at a at, at Locust Shade Park, we have our annual picnic, and we cook hamburgers, hot dogs. We have music. We have fun. I win most everything we play. Somebody said, what? Uh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. But every time we gather, how I many know we are having what? Church. 
church. So watch this. Church, I, I want to get, I want to, I want to strip your, I want to change your way of thinking. So when you get up in the morning, you say, I'm going to church. No, you're saying, I'm coming to gather, listen, to gather with other believers to build my relationship. Now, how many know that's a far cry from just coming to the place, gathering just to hear a sermon? Because how many know it, it, it's, it's much more than that? And so many people miss what God is doing because they don't understand this principle. And so, number one, because it's Jesus Christ Church, you want to support it. Number two, why should we come to church? It's a simple one. He commanded it. We just read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, watch. It says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. This is a wonderful verse <coughs> because it really, I think, it, it, it transcends time. Because it's almost like this verse was written knowing that there would be people who were going to say, I'm not going to gather with other believers. So I'm, you know, that's not important. You don't grow unless you're around people. Y'all hear what I just said? I'm going to show you that in a moment. You don't grow. How many know what you know in your head don't mean nothing until you execute it on the field? All the stuff that God is teaching us through his word is so that we can execute it on the field of life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Oh, boy, I grew in bounds, leaps and bounds, having to deal with people. How many know people will pull it out of you? <laughs> uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. But he said, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves as a man or some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. So he commands, he said, look, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. Do it. Come together. He said, don't. He said, as the manner of some. In other words, even in that day, there were some folk who were just saying, I ain't going to gather. Maybe they were saying the same thing. Yeah, I'm just going to sit and chill. I'm tired. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm not, you know, is pastor anti-rest. No, I'm not anti-rest. But how do you know that missing church? should be an anomaly. It shouldn't be the norm. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? He says, he says here, and so much more you see the evil day approaching. In other words, here's what he's really saying. He's saying the, 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 the thicker the evil and the more ferocious the evil, the more we should be coming to church. So how many know that nowadays evil is pretty Pretty bad. How I many know it's getting bad, worse and worse? Y'all know what I'm saying? So you know what? Here's what he's saying. So the worse you see it, the more you gather. You ought to make it your, listen to me. Are y'all still listening to amen? You ought to make it your point every time believers are gathering together. You ought to make it your point to be there. Bible study, prayer meeting, not just Sunday. Because I'm going to show you in a moment that the real church they had church all the time. And it wasn't relegated to just one day during the week. How many know if we're going to build, and this is why we, you know, this is why we're, I don't want to get off on a, uh, on a tangent here, but this is why we're doing some things just slightly different you know, with, our, with our groups because we think it's important to, to, to build relationships. We think it's important that we do life together. Everybody say life together. So, so we're commanded to do so. Number three, why do we come to church? Why should we do church? It's because we can stimulate each other's faith. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Great. I know there, there's some people that 
you know, that I mean, no faith is contagious. You live in a world where you're a minority. In other words, if you're seriously trying to walk with God seriously, then most of your other environments, they are anti-God. Everything in your culture, everything in our society is trying. Listen to me. It, it, the Bible says that Satan is a God of this world. Y'all hearing that? So which means that everything in this systematic world is designed, and it's not no accident, to try and pull you away from the things of God. In our movies, in our, in our entertainment segments of our society, and just about in our political, you can name it. In every sector of our society is, 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 is kind of designed in a way or influence in a way to pull us away from trusting in God. And so, so one of the ways that we overcome that, church, is, is that they're coming together. See, how many know that, you know, some of the best encouragements I got from, I got on a Sunday, for an example. Let's just use Sunday. Some of the best encouragements I got was not from a preacher that preached a sermon. It was from the person that was sitting in the chair just like you are, a person who was right beside me. You ever think about it this way? That perhaps what you need won't come from me, but it'll come from the people that you're in relationship with. Sometimes the best word you're going to get is going to be the person beside you. Because every now and then, let's be honest, you, you hear a sermon and you hear the title of some sermon, you think, man, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm good. I'm, that's not, I'm not, that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not there. Even though I'm there, I'm not there. There are meaning that that sermon may or may not apply to me, depending on where I'm at. But, but if you come to church thinking, I'm going to come to church today and I'm going to stimulate somebody else's faith. I'm going to come to church today and God deposits something in me. Because I'm not just coming to church to hear a word, I'm coming to church to be the word. I'm coming to church to give a word. I'm coming to church today. I want to encourage. Did you get out of the car this morning thinking, man, I'm going to go meet my brothers and my sisters. I want to be an encouragement to somebody. Or did you just think getting out of the car? Oh, let me just, just give me. It's all about me. I mean, know that one of the reasons to come to church, church or gather is to stimulate each other's faith. How many know that faith is contagious? It's something about being in an atmosphere that is full of faith. When everybody like you, I believe in God for the same thing. Come on, how many know that's encouraging? How many know it's encouraging when you're going through a problem, a problem in your marriage, a sickness and a disease, and you walk into an environment and there are 30, 40, 50 people, 100 people, whatever number, they're all praying for you in your situation. Believe in God. Let's pray. Let's come together. Let's believe God for our sister. Let's believe God for our brother. Wow, it's amazing. Another reason we do it is we stimulate each other. You can't stimulate one another. We're just kind of sitting at home, just kind of doing our own thing. We also go to church because we can share in one another's burdens. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's hard for me to bear if you don't share, right? It's hard for us to bear if you don't, if you don't share, if you're not in a relationship. Because people don't just bear their souls to anybody. One of the best conditions for that to happen is within the context of relationships. When people are going through something really, really serious in life, you want to communicate with somebody that you feel like you can trust, somebody you can talk to, somebody that you're in relationship with. You know, it's, and it's funny to me because you hear people say they, 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 don't, they don't really believe in the concept or they don't really come 
and gather with other believers on a regular basis, and they've been pretty spotty at best. Then all of a sudden they show up, and and you know nobody nobody no nobody called me. How can you say nobody called me for two months? But well, we ain't seen you for six. But you want to get mad and say nobody? Why you come to nobody called me? But 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 how many know that it's reciprocal? It's reciprocal. But this is what people do. So if I'm going to listen, we're going to bear each other's burdens. How many know, man, we, we, need, we need to come together. Oh, how many know this is, this is talking about church in a whole different way? But this, I'm talking today about real church. Number, number five. What number are we? Number five? Uh, number five. We're going to finish by 12 o'clock. Number five. Um, this was a regular and normal practice of the early church. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Look at that church. First of all, they continued daily in the temple. That means the church doors, the temple, were open all the time. So in other words, somebody was always in and out. We struggle sometimes getting people to come one day a week, but it was all the time. So watch this. Not only that, if that wasn't enough, look at this, and breaking bread from house to house. So now they don't just want to come to the temple together. Now they say, come to my house and let's eat. What are you doing today? Let's watch them cowboys smash some redskins. I figure I'd get your attention there. Preach. The brother said, preach right there. That'd preach. That'd preach, wouldn't it? Uh, you know? And, and so, but this was, so we think about in the early church, you, you study the book of Acts chapter 2. Then what you really see is this, you, you see God move. The Bible talks about how they had such a community uh, of love and connectedness and the Bible says that miracles and supernatural things were happening but they were born out of people that were in relationship together. The Bible says they was on one accord. They were one. There weren't people there saying well I ain't going to do this. I'm not. No. They said no we are together in this. if you're in it I'm in it with you. We're together. We're in relationship this was a normal practice. The early church, listen, the early church uh, grew in influence and in power. Primarily because they stayed together. Flesh to flesh. They were together. They showed up. They were present. Look at your neighbor and say, be present. Yeah, be present. Show up. Show up in the house of God. So number six, your spiritual growth is intensified when you meet with other believers. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Another reason why we go to church. Um, Ephesians, look at this church. Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, look at this, be put away from you with all malice. And watch this. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God forgave you. You think Paul was telegraphing something there? He tells you ahead of time. Forgive one another. Why do you think you say that? Come on. Why do you think you say that? Come on. Why would Paul say forgive one another? It's almost, it's almost, it's really, Paul is already saying, you're going to have to forgive because somebody is going to hurt you. Somebody is going to do something wrong. I said this earlier that I grew in leaps and bounds in my, in my faith because I, I had to deal with people. Uh, give an example. Y'all remember the story. Some of you may remember, but. Uh, Moses, remember Moses spent, Moses went up and, and, you know, the Bible says there was not a man that, that spoke face to face 
uh, with God like Moses. I mean, God would talk to Moses like a man. God, Moses just, Moses and God was like this. They was a type. Moses was up on that mountain for 40 days. People down in the valley, and they're upset. Like, where Moses at? So Moses up there enjoying himself in the presence of God. Man, God, how you know, but when you really get in the presence of God, don't it feel good? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, when you really get in the presence of God, like, you, boy, it's like, I don't want to leave. I just want to stay right here. I ain't got to deal with your problem. Hey, I'm good right here. And God looked at Moses. God said, hold up, Moses. Party over. Time to go down. Your people have done corrupted themselves, Moses. I want you to get off this mountain and go down into the valley. I can imagine Moses like, oh, man, I got to go. As soon as he get down there, he got to deal with some crazy people. How many know you don't grow until you start dealing with some crazy people? Crazy people will make you grow faster in the Lord than anything else. Because why? Because I learned, listen, I learned how to forgive through relationships. I learned how to be patient with people that just kept doing it. I learned how to be patient. I learned how to love. I learned how to be tender. I learned all of that because I had to deal with people that challenged me in those areas. That's why I always, I'm always shocked and amazed when I see People get upset when somebody in a church offend them. They say, I'm leaving. I ain't coming back. As if you're going to go somewhere else and ain't nobody going to offend you there. Could you not realize that part of the problem is not them. It's you. God is trying to change you. He's trying to change your response and how you deal with these things. But if you're always running, you'll never grow. So one of the ways that we grow is we, we measure our temperature in terms of how we deal with other people, relationships. We're doing good on time. Hallelujah. Number seven, we meet one another's needs. Another reason why we go to church, Acts 2, 4 to 5, is a pretty radical verse. The Bible says they sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as anyone had need. We have people all the time that calls our church line and sometimes people, these people have no relationship with us, and they just say, they'll call us and leave a message. They want us to pay their rent, pay their mortgage, pay their whatever, you know. And, uh, but how many know that there's something different when you're in relationship with a body of believers? That you're, you're coming and you're meeting on a regular basis. We're communicating. We have relationships. And one of the things, that one of the beauties of us coming together like this is that when somebody have a need, whether it's a physical, emotional, then we get an opportunity to bless. How many know that any time you have an opportunity to meet a need, that's an opportunity for a blessing? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So one of the things the early church did, they, the Bible said they made sure that there was not a needed person among them. They looked out for each other. But let me tell you, they were community, though. It wasn't people. These were people that were involved. These were people that were connected. Everybody say Connected. So one of the reasons why we do it is, is, is that we, we, we meet each other's needs. And how many know it's much easier for you to ask for help when you know that you've been in relationships? But how many know that if you ain't been to church in a year, it's kind of hard to come walk up, give me, give me. It's like, first of all, slow up, brother, sister. Where you been? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? It's about relationship. Number eight. The world system pushes against the kingdom of God. I, I kind of said something about this earlier, so I'm not going to belabor that point. But uh, in Romans, it talks about um, 
don't be conformed to this world, it's Romans chapter 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. One of the ways, how many know that it's very, very hard for a person to live a godly life when you're not in regular fellowship with other believers? I would almost say it's next to impossible. Bible says don't be conformed, but be transformed. How are you going to transform if you're not feeding the thing that you need to, that you need to make the transformation, you know, in the culture? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Because the world system, again, I said it earlier, is pushing against the kingdom of God. So one of the beauties of fellowship and coming together with other believers who are like you, you are more likely to stay faithful to your God. Number nine. Another reason we come to church is to maintain your passion and your appetite for the things of God. And to maintain your passion and your appetite for the things of God. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark 4, verses 18 and 18 says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Every now and then I have somebody say to me, Pastor Gary, I, I, I want to I be able to quote scripture like you quote scripture. I, I want to be able to do it like you do it. And have I ever had somebody say something to them like that? You know, one of the ultimate compliments of somebody that's really, they're really saying, hey, they, they see something, a spiritual benefit in your life, and they really want to be a part. And, and one of the things I always say to them is when you talk about passion, so how do I develop a passion for the things of God? Let's say you're sitting here today and, you know, you love God, perhaps you have a relationship with him and you, you understand your need to have him. It's good. But you're not like passionate, like, man, I, I just, oh, man, I love God. It's just, man, I'm excited. It's all I think about is how to do his will, how to please him is with me all the time. You know, how do I get to that point? How many know that whatever you feed will grow? Whatever you feed will grow. Somebody said to me, I lack passion, excitement, enthusiasm about God. The first thing I say is, what's your appetite? What are, what are, you, what are you feeding yourself? What, what, what are you feeding? What are you feeding on? Because you develop a passion for, for the thing that, that, that you feed. So if there's a weakness in your life, then perhaps it's because that weakness is being fed. So watch this. The more that we come together, the more that you, you, that you fellowship with like-minded believers, the more you're in Bible study, church, and prayer, and spiritual things, you will develop a passion, and you will maintain that passion. Like, like you know, there's a couple, like, like I'll give you an example. Like, uh, I rarely ever see the Corbins miss a Sunday. Most of us in here don't, but, but I'll just brag on them. I rarely ever see them miss a Sunday the whole time they've been here. I, they, if I would say, brother, can y'all do me a favor? I didn't want to do a test. Just take a month off church. Don't come to church. Don't feel, first of all, I knew they wouldn't do it. But, you know, they would feel like a fish out of water. I, I don't know. Some, I've heard Brother Edwin one time say, man, I, I ain't been to church. I, he missed a week. He, man, I feel like I've been going for a month. I, I got to get back. got to get back, man. He's, I got to get back. Because you understand that you want to maintain that passion and that appetite for the things of God. You need it. You got to have it. You got to feed yourself. You got to be consistent. Because if you're not, if you're not, 
You won't develop a passion for it. And after a while, church will become a drag to you. Number, number 10. Another reason why we come to church is to be trained and equipped disciples of Jesus Christ. Everybody say trained and equipped. Our vision is to establish the believer on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. That's our vision here at Foundation Church. Our mission is to, to train and equip believers to become mature disciples. So everything, that's what we do. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints. So church, primarily, we come to church to grow. One of the reasons why we come in fellowship is to grow. I, I love this week, we kicked off our equip class, our first session, we do three a year, and we kicked off our first six-week session, and we had a great time, all great feedback, and I thought Sister Diver did just an amazing job. Did she do a great job? For those of us who were there, come on, give her a hand. I mean, it was some good stuff. I mean, I don't, see, I don't see how you could have came to that class and been like, oh, you know, if you, if you didn't like that class, you just ain't saved. I mean, it was just, that's, that class was, I'm telling you, if you want to know how you're wired and know what God's called you to do, you need to participate in that class. You need to come Wednesday at 7 o'clock. That's my plug for you, diaper. Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. But it, was, it doesn't matter how good to see because part of what we do at the church is we equip you for service. I mean, the church primarily is not about entertainment, Though there may be a level of that, it's not a it's not a place. I think we said this in the study where we just come to watch kids or do, do you know uh, watch kids or just um, well not watch kids but just um, you know it's not a daycare. Pri- you know, primarily the church exists to equip you for service, to equip you to be what God wants you to be. So everything else is a byproduct of that. That's what church is all about. So, so we want to get, we want to train and, and, and equip you. That's why we, that's why we do this church. I said before, sanctification is a process by which you allow the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life to make you more Christ-like. One of the ways you get more Christ-like is when you come to church, when there's teaching, there's, I mean, how many know we get good teaching here at Foundation Church? Amen? Good teaching Sunday, good teaching on Bible studies, good teaching when we meet. We, we, we give you stuff that you can say, you know what, I, I'm going to do better. We give you the tools that you need to become all that you need to become. But how many know you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it? I'm not growing in my faith. Church ain't feeding me. I ever heard that? I'm not being fed. But you're not taking advantage of all the things that are put in place to feed you. Then you say the church ain't feeding you. No, you're not feeding yourself. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? So number 11... Another reason why we come to church, look at this, this is a big one. We show the world that we love each other and we love God. Wow, we only got 12 of these, got one more, so be patient. Everybody stand up for one moment. Who can stand up, stand up. All right, just stretch. Uh, this means the plane is getting ready to land. This is when, the, this is when the, 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 what do you call it, the flight attendant says, put your tray tables up. You know, and get ready, put your seat up. Now we get ready to land this plane. Okay, you can be seated in Jesus' name. All right. So we show the world that we love each other. Jesus says in in John chapter 13, verse 35, look at this church. It says, "By by this all will know that you are my disciples if we have love for one another. 
Now, I want you, are you still listening? Say amen. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. So part of the reason why you come to church is that you are a witness to those who don't know Jesus. Let me, let me put it to you this way. See, everybody on my block, they may not know me intimately, but one thing they know about the Bailey family is that every Sunday we load up in the car and we're going to church. And then some of them will sometime will come back and say to me, man, I, need, I really need to. I'm a conviction to them. And something inside of them say, you know, I need to do that too. So, when we, so one of the reasons why we come to church is because we're a witness. Not only do we show love one toward another, but we show the world that Jesus Christ is important to us. And so when you tell, we decide, well, I'm just going to take time off from church. I'm just going to take time off. I'm, you know, every week you're kind of hanging in the balance. Think about what you're telling all your other neighbors. Now you're telling them you're a Christian and you go to church every now and then whenever you feel like, oh, oh, brother, we're going to just hang out today. Let's just have a barbecue and chill out. And, and, and you're hanging out there with them and there's no reference to God. It's just kind of like what you're telling them is, hey, it's OK not to go to church. You know, you don't need that. And we just explain why it's so important. But I want you to understand is you're a witness. Every time you walk out of those doors on Sundays and they see your family going to church, you're saying something to all your neighbors and everybody. You're letting everybody else know on Sundays we worship God, at least. We worship God. And we gather with other believers. This is what we do. And listen, and, and, and we do not, <clears throat> I'm just telling you, you know, you ask my kids, it ain't never been up for discussion. We don't get up on Sunday morning and say, okay, how do everybody feel? How do you know? If that was the case, I'd never hardly be here. There'd been many times I've been dog tired. I'm up. Why? Because I love God. It's bigger than me. What God is doing is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. God is trying to reach your neighbors. God wants them people. And you need to be the witness that show up. You need to come to church and you need to invite. Yeah, point them to our podcast. Point them to our YouTube channel. Point them to watch our videos. Point them to our website. But the whole purpose of that is to get them in the house in the church, to gather with other believers. Think about it, church. It's bigger than you. Lastly, because God shows up in places where we're supposed to be. That's the last one. God shows up in places where we're supposed to be. I believe a lot of people miss the move of God because they're not where they're supposed to be. There's a lot of people that have missed the blessing of God because they weren't where they were supposed to be. One of the things that we see in Acts chapter 2, 4 to 4, the Bible says all were together. They had all things common. When all those miracles are happening, things are happening, I believe because people were where they were supposed to be. They were where they were supposed to be. In the church with the people of God. In an environment where the Spirit of God can move. You know, years ago, I was, uh, I used to work, uh, when I was working patrol in law enforcement, when I was on the streets, patrolling the streets, uh, you know, I used to work a crazy shift. And I told my son this, and my son is he, he's back in church because he just recently, he had recently taken a job and they had him working on Sundays. And I told my daughter, and I said, all my kids, I said, look, here's what you do. I said, any job you take, anything, you just let them know right up front. 
that you're taking Sundays off. Now, for some of us, we can't do that. Some jobs, they just don't allow you to do it. I was working in patrol. Uh, we used to work crazy shifts. Our shifts have changed. Uh, and um, one, one of the things with the shift was that um, I would work midnight. So you work, you would work midnight for, you know, a whole month. And, uh, and that means I get off on Sunday mornings like at 6, 7 o'clock. So I had a decision to make. I said, well, I said, go home, go to sleep, or I'm going to miss church for about a month. I'm saying this very carefully, so I want you to hear me, because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. What I used to do is, I would sleep a little bit extra, and then sometimes I would even take a little bit leave. I wasn't pastor of no church. I was just a regular church member, a servant, who loved God and knew the importance of being in the house of God. I knew how important it was for my spiritual growth. So what I did... I did everything I could, and I would go to church sometimes, yeah, and I would sleep for like an hour and do a power nap. Anybody ever did a power nap? I did a power nap, man, and get myself an extra cup of coffee. I said, I'm not going to miss fellowship with the saints for a month. Ain't going to do that. Can't do it. And I did what I needed to do. I showed up. I showed up. Because I realized how important it is because this is a component to my spiritual growth. You know, and one of the things, and understand this, so if, 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 if you start, if you find yourself in a situation where you're not in church much and you're not fellowshiping with the believers on a regular basis, here's what's going to happen to you. After a while, you'll, 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 start, you'll, you'll, you'll start finding fault with the church. And you'll start trying to find fault with the church because you're not getting the support that you feel like you really need because you're not there. Because you, part of your spiritual growth is you got to be there. So, so what I do, what I've encouraged my kids to do, and I encourage you to do, if you're sitting here, some of you have to work. Do do whatever you can. If you've got to move your schedule, if you've got power to manipulate your schedule, everybody say power. Means mean that you've got some control over it. Then you make sure you carve out that time for your spiritual growth. You do that. Because if you don't, the longer you stay, I don't know any Christian, I'm just being honest, that is seriously growing seriously growing in their faith who are not in regular fellowship with like-minded believers. I just don't know. If, if they are, they may be growing in knowledge, but they're not growing in a relational way. They're not growing in a holistic way because part of our growth is to worship God. Part of it is discipleship. And the other part is fellowship. Don't underestimate the power of fellowship being with other believers. You need it. The devil don't want you to have it. How me know that God wants you to be here? It's this church. He wants you to be with other believers. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you got to work, then that means you got to figure out other ways to connect with the body. You got to work harder. You got to come to other things. You got to have people at your house. You got to do whatever you got to do to stay what? Connected. Because after a while, if you're not connected, you're going to feel it. And then people start getting upset with people and they start looking for reason. The problem is not that. The problem is you're just not connected. You got to do that yourself. You got to do that yourself. Come on, if you received that, give Jesus a praise clap. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we just thank you, Lord. 